morning. Go to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Make it easy to find. It's between Nahum and Zephaniah. <laughs> read a few verses here out of the first chapter beginning with the first verse and we'll touch on a few things throughout this book not a very long book only three chapters long uh, but there's some some unique things about the, the book of Habakkuk we're going to begin reading as we said there chapter 1 verse 1 and it says the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see O Lord how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear. Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, judgment doth never go forth, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. You may be seated. When we look at the book of Habakkuk, as we know, he's one of the Old Testament prophets. And you've heard me say several times that uh, uh, he's one of those and, and several others that are considered minor prophets. Uh, but there's not really, in my mind, such thing as a minor prophet. Uh, if they're giving us the Word of God and they have recorded what God has given them, uh, it's needful and, and, and it's for us today just as much in that day. So it's not really a, a, a minor prophet as in thinking of the content of the Word and being the Word of God, but a minor prophet may be because of the size of the book. Uh, now you think about most of the prophets throughout the Old Testament and what you find there are those that God has called, uh, those that God has given a word and God has said, take this word and, and tell the people what I said. Most prophets are what? They're, they're God's word to man. But what we see in here, uh, here in Habakkuk it is not God coming to Habakkuk and say, tell the people this. What we've got is Habakkuk coming to God and asking questions and in God's answer to Habakkuk's questions, uh, we, we understand what God says is going to happen. We're, we're able to, to see the prophecy of God. Uh, Habakkuk, if you look there, the very first verse, and, and this word's been used a few times this morning already, and it said the burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. Uh, and folks, he had a burden up on his heart because of something that was going on. He had a burden as he looked around all around him and, and just saw what was happening. And it, it disturbed him so much that and I get the, feel, the feeling or the sense that he was seeking God's help. He was seeking God's, God's movement and all was going on, but yet God had not moved. That's why he said in the next verse there, how long shall I cry and you don't hear how long do I cry out about the violence and, and you don't say? So you see Habakkuk is looking around, kind of like us today. And I'm not saying this, this is like us today, but kind of like the same thing. 
But as he was looking around, seeing everything that was going on, sin was rampant. Even God's people were following false idols and turning their backs on God. And, and he's seeing all this going on. And what did it do to him? It gave him a burden. We ought to have a burden for what we see going on in our world today. We ought to have a burden, as Brother Darrell, matter of fact, mentioned a couple of times, for the unsaved. Thinking about Paul, as he said, folks, and I believe it's in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, he said, my heart's desire for Israel is or that they might be saved. His prayer and heart's desire for his brethren, the Jewish nation, he was praying for their salvation. Paul had been saved and born again, became a changed individual by the power of God, and he wanted all of his brethren to experience that same thing. We ought to have a burden that people are dying and going to hell every day. I ought to have a burden that people have in, in many times, many places, actually have no regard for God, no interest in God, don't care about anything that has to do with God. And believe it or not, in some instances today, we've got people that's never heard anybody testify to them about God. Never heard anybody share the word of God with them. Never had anybody talk to them about their soul and, and what's needed there. And that ought to give us a burden today if for nothing else to cry out unto God. To take those requests to God and pray earnestly from the heart. I believe here when, when this burden that Habakkuk had and, and as he cried out to God there as it says there in the second verse that, that he literally listened from the heart and, and from the very depths of his soul was desiring God's hand to move. Now we think about this folks and look around us today. We see what's going on. And it reminds me of a, of a couple things, a couple verses here in the Old Testament. One of them, Brother Six brought up a few times when it says there, there was no judge in the land those days, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. Now, we have judges, so to speak, not like they were in the Scripture, but nevertheless, we have law, we have courts, we have government, we have all these things in place, but yet it seems this is a time that people are doing what they think is right with no regard to any authority, no regard to anyone else but what they want to do for themselves. And it also reminds me over there, and I believe it's in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he says there, because judgment is not executed speedily. Listen to what it says there. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Even for many of those that are breaking the laws today, that are going against the authorities today, hey, they might get arrested, get picked up. In two hours, they're right back in the same place they were doing the same thing. And they know that. As we're seeing major cities scaling back the police forces, scaling back certain divisions of police, you're seeing violence continue to grow. Why? They know there's not going to be a speedy judgment. There's not going to be anything happen right at that time. So, hey, let's just set it in our heart, and we're going to do what we want to do. It ought to burden us. It ought to trouble us. And I'm sure that it does. Don't get me wrong. If you're like me, I'm just about sick of, of anything you look at anymore on the internet. I don't care what you're looking at. Anytime you, you turn the TV on, it's constant violence, evil, wickedness, everything that's going on. And as I've said before, it all goes back to the heart of man. That's right. Now think of this. Now here's Habakkuk. He's looking around at his own people. He's seeing all the problems and troubles that are there. He's crying out to God. He, he wants to see the hand of God move, but he's not seeing it move. I think about David during the 142nd Psalm. He was hiding in a cave for his life. And he said there very simply that what? I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. 
I'm sure every one of us in here today can say, well, preacher, all the Christians, let me put it this way. Preacher, I pray for this country every day. Preacher, I pray about what's going on. I pray about this and I pray about that. But do we pour ourselves out in prayer or is it just a, a, a habit or just something we, we say the same things over and over, get repetition. It's not from the heart. It's from the mouth. Listen, we need to dig into where it gets from the heart. We need to have that burden as Habakkuk's talking about here. And listen, as he said there, we've got to understand and realize judgment's coming, but it's coming in God's time. Yeah. Not my time, not your time, not man's time anywhere, but it's coming in God's time. Now, the truth of the matter is, listen, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if we're going to see a better day, we're going to see a worse day. And I know people who go to the scripture and say, Peter says it's going to wax worse and worse. I know it's going to. But I also believe in the power of God's people. I believe in the power of prayer, and I believe in the power of God. Amen. And I know that He is able to change things. And he's able to move, and He's able to turn things upside down if He desires to do so. But there's one truth that we've got to understand that, listen, judgment's coming, the final judgment's coming, and it's going to be on each and every one of us that we have to stand and give an account for ourselves before God. Saved or lost, folks. That's what the Word says. Amen. Now listen to me. Habakkuk's looking at what's going on. You've got to understand where, where he's coming from. You see, he's down there in Judah. He's down there in the southern kingdom, the two, two nations there. What has happened, Babylonian and the Assyrians, or, or the Assyrians more or less, have already come into the upper kingdom. They've already taken many of them captive, including Daniel and some of the others, because of their disobedience to God, because of their failure to heed the words of the prophets. They turned their backs on them. And, and folks, we see God brought judgment to the kingdom. And now God is getting ready to tell Habakkuk here, guess what? Judgment's coming to you too. He goes on to tell him, and look over there what it says in chapter 5, folks. And it tells us God already knew what was happening. God knew and that, that he had to do a work, and he tells him here what he's going to do. He said, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard, and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which you shall not believe, though it be told you. See, Habakkuk cried out to God, and what did God do? God answered him. Sometimes we feel like we're not getting an answer from God and we're not, we're not seeking an answer. Listen, we go through the motions and we just pretend or however you want to look at it. We're not sincerely from the heart seeking an answer from God. The scripture says, seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask and you shall receive. Listen, I believe that God answers every single prayer Amen. we pray. Amen. Preacher, he's answered all your prayers? You've got everything you ask for? No, a lot of times the answer is No. See, that's where we get confused sometimes. We get told no, and we think God hasn't given us the answer yet. But yet there's times, folks, as I said, in God's time, remember, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And there's times, listen, that we've got to be patient, but that doesn't mean that we quit seeking. That doesn't mean that we quit praying. That doesn't mean we quit crying out to it. It means we dig in a little deeper, we hold on a little harder, and we keep on. Man, I don't like what's going on today. It disturbs me. And we've also got to realize this does not just affect the United States of America. Sometimes we get these blinders on and we think it's all about God and the United States of America. Hey, we're not his people, folks. Now, we're grafted into his family. We're saved and we're part of the family of God. Now, hey, I'm a spiritual Jew, but God still has a plan for the natural nation that he chose. Amen. 
And we want to act like we're right there next to God. And we're not doing anything but getting farther away. And I say we, I'm talking about as a nation, not as individuals. Because you've got to understand about Habakkuk here. When God begins to tell him what's going to happen, when God begins to tell him that, that that judgment is coming, you go on and read these verses. I'm not going to go through all of them. But you go on and read when God says that. You've got to understand something. Habakkuk's going to experience that. That's going to come up on him as well as it is the rest of the nation, even though he's a godly man, even though he's a prophet, even though he's one that God has chosen to speak through, he's still going to have to face the judgment of God that's going to come upon the nation or upon Judah there. We are not exempt from suffering. We are not kept from, from all things. You know, I know most of us would probably wish or maybe desire that, man, when we get saved, why don't God just wrap us up in a cocoon and keep us over here safe in a corner and we don't have to worry about anything. It don't work that way. When we get saved, listen, and then we, we got to understand something. Though we may no longer be of the world, as long as we're in this flesh and blood, we're going to be in the world, and we got to face the troubles that come being a part of a sin-sick world. Yes. And it's, it's just part and parcel of life itself. Right. You know, how many of us have looked at our children and said, man, I wish I could just wrap them up and, and just protect them forever? And we can't. But yet, even though judgment's coming, even though Habakkuk understands the very words that God is saying there, that, that, that listen, judgment's coming, it's not going to be good. You go ahead and read some of this, you'll find out that they just, just wiped out Judah and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. Destruction was coming there. But listen to what Habakkuk said in an answer to God's prayer, or to God's answer as he prayed. He said, Lord, I heard thy speech and was afraid. O oh Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years, and in the midst of the years make known. And listen to what he says here. Four words. In wrath, remember mercy. What is he saying there? God, I understand. You've got to do something. God, I understand that judgment's coming. God, I understand that wrath is going to be poured out upon this nation. But in pouring out your wrath, please, he said, remember mercy. Folks, do you know where we would be as bad as it is? As terrible as, as things look around us and on the outside. Do you know where we would be today without the mercy of God? Do you know where this world would be today? Where this nation would be today without the grace of God? Without any godly influence at all? How it would be? We're just getting a little tiny taste of what it would be like. As bad as it seems, as far as it extends and, and as deep as it goes, it's nothing that it would be had God's grace and mercy been withdrawn and had God's godly influence been taken away. Amen. So what does he say? God, listen, in wrath, listen, in wrath, remember mercy. See, there's sometimes God has to straighten us up a little bit. And God chooses the way that he does that. Matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews said this, my son... Despise thou not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son who he receiveth. Oh, preacher, so you're saying God is chastening you. Not, no, I'm not saying that. There's those that will tell you that. If you, if you, as I said, get on the internet, get on any social media for five minutes, you're going to get ten different opinions of why everything's going on. I, I always go back to the root, and to me it's the, the root of sin. That's why everything is going on Amen. that we see. Yeah. Amen. It's not God teaching us a lesson. It's not God 
taking our ball games away and God taking our concerts away and God taking us out of church. But let me tell you something. You don't think the devil's rejoicing right now? You don't think he's happy because of the churches that have pulled back services? And, and many and instances, folks, we have really no, no uh, alternative, if you will. Heard a preacher say something the other day, and I may have shared this with you already, but it really hit home. He said, you think about it, we know that this building is not the church. We know that, that it's just the building where we, we come together. We know that the church consists of, of the many members of the body, which are part of it. But he said, what is happening is the power of the church comes together with the church gathering together. And we're not getting together together anymore. So what's happening? The power's starting to fade. Now, this is just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. I'd say there's many people, maybe some in this church, haven't been able to come or have chosen not to come. And yes, there's some of those that choose not to come. That's okay. That's your choice. Hey. But I guarantee you they're getting weak spiritually. I thank God. I thank God we have the, the opportunity and, and the ability to, to, to send the word out all electronically, however you want to look at it. But not everybody has access to that. Right. Somebody said one time, well, you know, the way I look at it is this. If I had a girlfriend that I loved, do I want to look at her on a computer screen or whether I'd be, rather be sitting beside her on the couch hugging her up? Think about it. Yeah, that's right. But yet in all these things we see, he said, what, God, have mercy. And I'm going to tell you something, God is a merciful God. If God was a merciful God, many of us wouldn't even be here today. I've told you many times before, I got saved when I was 18 years old. Now, some people look at you, believe it or not, I have a, they, they think you've been a preacher all your life. No, I haven't. I haven't been a Christian all my life. We got saved at 18 years old. But yet all the way up to that point, you know what kept me safe, what kept me alive, what got me to that point that he drew me and I answered and got saved? His grace and his mercy looking over me. Amen. If you're here today and you're unsaved, the only reason you got breath in your body, the only reason you're alive today is because of the grace and the mercy of God. You better start thinking about it because I'm going to tell you something. If there's anything you better be ready for, it's ready to meet God. Oh, preacher, i got a lot of years left. You don't know that. Many people walked out of their house that morning intending to come back home after work, after whatever they were going. And guess what? They didn't come back home. Many people pillared their head at night, couldn't wait till the next morning to, to get up and do whatever. And guess what? They never woke up. We don't know when we're going to draw that last breath. So you better get ready if you're not ready. Amen. So Habakkuk is saying here, God, in your wrath, listen, remember mercy. Evil is everywhere. Amen. And you know the bad part about it? It's right here. Right. In me. It's right there in you. Just we have the one who's greater than the one that's in the world. We have one in our life that gives us the victory. We have one in our life that, that helps us overcome evil. We have one in our life, folks, that, that leads us in the righteous pathways. As I said, everywhere you look, there's evil. And you say, well, preacher, I know that. And then I look and I see the rights. I look and I see the protests. I look and see this and see that. How many of you saw this just here in the last couple of days, what happened in one of our neighboring states? 
Woman and her husband get in an argument. Now I'm going to show you evil is everywhere. Yes, it is. Get in an argument. And you know what she does? She goes and gets a gun and kills her 16-month-old child because her and her husband were arguing. And what's even worse than that? If you saw her mugshot on WSAZ, she's smiling from ear to ear. That's evil, folks. That's evil. Parent against child, child against parent. Families being torn apart, families being destroyed. Listen, it's all from that root of evil that exists in this world, that exists in the heart of man. But we know that we have the victory today. We know that we have it in Jesus Christ. Listen, when, when Habakkuk, if you look on over here, I'm not going to finish, but I'm going to jump over a little bit. After God has done told him everything that's going to happen, God has done told him about the destruction that's going to come. God also speaks about a restoration. But yet Habakkuk responds in this way. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Listen, God's going to come. Listen. This land is going to be obliterated. God's told him it's going to be destroyed. And see, if it wasn't bad enough, Habakkuk really couldn't understand why in the world, if God is not even straightening out his own people, why is he going to let the, the sinful nation of Babylonia come in and destroy them? Because it was God's judgment on his people at that time. But after God's told him, listen, there's not even going to be a, a potato in the field. There's not going to be any animals. Nothing's going to be left. But what did Habakkuk say? Yet I will rejoice. I will joy in the, the God of my salvation. How can you have that attitude in the midst of impending judgment or impending destruction? How can you? There's only one way today, folks, and that's by faith. Amen. By faith. Yes, amen. When you have a, a half a day, don't have anything else to do, Spend about three or four hours just reading the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. You say, preacher, I can read that in 10 minutes. You read in 10 minutes, you ain't going to get anything out of it. You get in there and you begin to read and you begin to, to dig into some of those that is talking about what was accomplished by faith in God. Many of them faced impossibilities. Many of them faced, listen, some of the things that they faced here. And guess what? There were times that God rescued them and God delivered them. And there were times that God let them go through it and they lost their life. But in either case, it was because of their faith in God that they were able to endure and able to go through what had happened. And listen to what the scripture tells you. How important is faith? Faith is the cornerstone of our relationship with God, of our salvation, folks. Well, we're saved by grace, that's right. But how do we get that grace? Through faith. And where does that faith come from? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. And then we also see in the scripture that it talks about man, each and every one of us, being dealt a measure of faith. Now, I'm going to tell you how good God is. God created man in all his wisdom and all of his holiness. He created man and put him here upon the face of this earth knowing that he was going to disobey and disregard what he said. God could have wiped Adam and Eve out and started all over, but he did. Why? Because of grace. See, some people think grace is a newfangled thing. Let me tell you something. Grace has been there since the beginning. Amen. 
And as man continued and God would, would, would open the eyes and the hearts of man and he would seek God and, and next thing you know he'd turn his back on God and, and judgment would come that he would seek God and God would restore him then turn his back and judgment would just a continual cycle. Man, aren't you glad we're not like that today? We're just man right after God 100% of the time. You might be, I don't know. I know some of you sitting there saying, oh God, a pastor? You're making that statement? Hey, listen, I'm real. I'm flesh and bone. I'm, I'm, I'm human just like you are. There's things that distract me, things that disturb me, things that discourage me, things that disrupt my, my plans. But yet in the midst of it all, God is always there. But we think about this. We are certainly saved by grace, but that grace comes by what? That faith that he deals us through his word. Now, God isn't so good that we know that, listen, he'll lead us to salvation. Not only that, if we have to have faith to be saved, he even says, I give you the faith to get saved. That's kind of like, I have something to sell, Kevin wants to buy. And Kevin comes to get it, says, how much you want for it? I want $100. I don't have $100. Well, wait a minute. Here's your $100, Kevin. And he gives me $100 back. And get, gets the item out. He said, preacher, that don't make no sense. You didn't get anything out of it. What did God get out of it? Right. By allowing his only begotten son to die, be tortured, listen, crucified upon that old rugged cross, and give us the faith to believe that and get saved. He gives us everything that we need, folks, in order to be born again. It all comes from him. It originates from him. Matter of fact, the scripture says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Then after we get saved, think about this for a minute. The Bible said he works in us both to will and to do what he desires us to do. He even works in us to do what he would have us to do. Do we always do it? No. No. Sometimes we follow our ways. We, we want to. But yet, how do we get through this, this time, this period that we're seeing? The only way we're going to get through it is by faith in God. Not faith in the government, not faith in the, the laws of the land, not faith in something new that will come out and, and take care of everything. It's a continued faith and trust in God is what's going to get us through. Amen. Because why? Because we're saved by grace through faith. Now I for one as a Christian haven't been perfect. I have failed. I have sinned since I got saved. But yet, I believe that he's able to keep that that I've committed unto him against that day. Because what does the scripture say? Listen, that what? We're kept by the power of God through faith. See how important faith is? It's not only uh, necessary or needful or or. or, or it has to be there in order for us to get saved. We've got to keep that faith and continue following God in faith. And he's able to keep us through our faith, folks. Through his power. And not only that, what does the scripture tell us about our faith? Listen, hey, one of these days that, that even of our faith is going to bring about what? The salvation of our souls. And what I'm speaking about is not the day we get saved, but because of faith, that day that we leave this whole world behind, that day that we sing face to face, that day that we're in that land with no more tears, no more dying, no more death, none of those things. It's all going to be a result of what? Faith. 
All you have to do is believe what the Word says. I believe Habakkuk believed what, what God had to say. And sometimes we go through trials. Sometimes we go through, through things and experiences in our life that are meant to strengthen our faith. Because what ought to happen and doesn't always happen is when we get a, into a place of a little bit of trouble, we start facing a storm, adversity becomes our way. We've got two choices, folks. We can either draw up to God and in faith get through it, or we can pull away from God and get out there and flounder on our own. And I've been both places, and I'll tell you right now, I'd rather pull up to God and, and, and get through it through faith. Amen. And His power. Because He's able to get us through. You know, I think about, mentioned Daniel there a few minutes ago. Daniel was a man who stood for God's principles, stood for the Word of God, stood for what God required and God desired. And what happened to him? He got thrown in a den of lions. Now, Daniel could have either said, God, I'm done. I refused what they offered me. I refused to stop praying at the, the, the given time. And what happened? It ended up getting me thrown in a lion's den. God, you failed me. That's not what he said. That's not what he did. We know what happened. I suspect that there were those that thought, man, we can't wait to go over to the lion's den when the sun rises. We're going to see a piece of Daniel over here and a piece of Daniel over there and his blood scattered all around the lion's den. But what did they see? And I like this, what one preacher said one time. I believe when they went there that Daniel was laying using one of those lions for a pillow. That's the power of God. And folks, the same God that was there for Daniel the same God that, that brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through the, the fiery fire. The same God that is, has been successful and the same God that has helped all throughout the scripture is the same God that's on the throne today and he can get you and he can get me and he can get us as a church, as a nation, as a world through whatever comes our way if we just put our trust and faith in him. Right. Amen. Victory's coming. Right. I'm telling you. Amen. May not come the way we expect it. May not come the way that we desire it. But the Bible tells us, in all thanks, give thanks unto God. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning right. The Preacher, you're saying I ought to look and thank God for the violence? No. Thank God it ain't affected you personally. Amen. Thank God your home hasn't been destroyed. Thank God your, your family hasn't been attacked. But then pray for those that have. And ask for God's protection and hand and encouragement upon it. We need to praise God, the scripture says, from whom all blessings flow. All blessings. Now you think about Habakkuk as, as he cried out to God, started out this chapter. The burden which he had, he cried, How long shall I cry? How long shall I cry? God, you don't save. You don't hear. God, you're not hearing me. You're not listening. God heard. And this is one thing that we need to understand. God hears every word. He knows the cries from our heart when we don't even audibly speak. He knows the thoughts that cross our mind when it may be a split second. And I tell you what, I hope to tell you about, I don't know what it is about Friday afternoons. Seems like all the crazies come out. <laughs> and, and we were in Charleston and we were over across lanes and I want to tell you something, we didn't get hit three or four times. It, 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 we didn't get hit one. I mean, but just those split seconds and what's on, on, on your mind. 
God help us. I mean, just a, God knows that. Even though it's a thought going through your mind. Don't ever think that God doesn't hear. Don't ever think that God doesn't care. And don't ever think that God is not concerned with what's going on in your life. He is. And He'll bring peace, safety, and rescue when He says. And we just have to trust in Him and hold on. But you think about Habakkuk crying out to God. Had a burden so bad for His people. Because of what he saw going on. And, and then when God tells him that judgment's coming. You know what most of us would have said? I'm speaking from the flesh here. Human. Lord, I wish I'd never asked now. <laughs> but he said, you know what? Even though this land's going to be destroyed. Even though there's going to be no crop in the field. Even though there's going to be no herd in the stock. Even though it's going to be wiped out and laid flat. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And listen to what he says here. The Lord God is my strength. This is the last verse of the book. 3 and 19. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hind's feet. He will make me to walk up on mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. So he says even though this destruction is coming, even though trouble is on its way, I can still rejoice in God. I can still have joy in the Lord because why? He is my strength. We need to get out of self and get into God as we stand. Sister Sharp. Heads back.